welcome back to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Becca Freeman. And I'm Grace Atwood. And we have a new remote recording setup that I hope is working. Yeah, we um we live in the same building, but I've been a little under the weather. So just in case, like I've fully quarantined. I'm not even seeing the upstairs friends. Yeah. So hopefully this is working well and you can hear us and this episode goes live and it doesn't go in the trash. But yeah, here we are. Here we are. And today's episode is all about distractions. So we wanted to share all the things that we're doing to help us kind of distract from this global pandemic. Fun things only. Books we're reading, um, movie recommendations, TV shows, beauty products, the works. All the good stuff. Yeah. All the good non-serious stuff. But before we get into that, how how are you doing overall? Just like temperature check. Not um, body temperature, but like <laughs> mood temperature. Well, body temperature, I have no fever. I've been checking myself like three or four times a day because that's what we do during a pandemic. But um, I'm okay. I, um, I've had work pick up a little bit this week. Last week was like the week of everything being canceled. And this week, some new projects came in. So I'm like, great. I will be able to pay my rent. I'm going to be okay. Physically, I'm not feeling great, which we'll get into. But um, I'm feeling okay. I feel better than I did last week. Last week, I was pretty shook. We had a scare with my nephew. My nephew went to the ER last night. I didn't even tell you this before we recorded. But he had he has a cough and he's had a fever. But he has croup. So it's not coronavirus, which is good. They live in Minnesota where there's like no cases. But obviously with everything going on, everyone's pretty scared. So I don't know. And then I'm seeing on social media like so many influencers who have it. And that's scary. I was going to make a joke, but now I feel bad making a joke because of your nephew. You said said that you didn't know or you were worried about paying rent this month. And I was going to say, do you know who isn't paying rent this month? The Cheesecake Factory, apparently, there was like a news story that the Cheesecake Factory is not paying rent on, it was on Eater. And then the Twitter thread about it is hilarious. Oh my God, I need to look that up. I love the Cheesecake Factory. Where that been in, in like 10 years. And then it was all these people jumping on where they were like, in solidarity with the Cheesecake Factory, I'm not paying my rent either. Oh my God. Well, my dad, <laughs> my dad called me and he was like, you know, I don't know what your financial situation's like, but I would recommend not paying rent. And I was like, excuse me? Um, I'm definitely going to pay my rent because, you know, the whole thing with evictions and stuff. I was like, I, I'm i going to pay rent, Dad. I'm okay. That's funny. But it made me laugh. Like fatherly advice. Um, Should we do our highs and our lows? Yes. What's your high, Becca? My high is that I can read again. So I was saying on last week's episode that I had just been feeling way too distracted to read. And so last Sunday, I brute forced my way through a book, which I didn't enjoy. It wasn't a good book in retrospect, but I just read it. And I feel like the process of reading it then gave me my focus back, if that makes any sense. And then since then, I've read another book in a, in the last few days. So I'm I'm feeling normal again because I feel like this is reading should be my main distraction, but I hadn't been able to read. Yeah, I know. I feel that I have had a really hard time reading. It's getting better, but I'm still a little too distracted. Um, I think that like the only books that are working for me right now are like warm, fuzzy ones. Sure. Sure. But just being able to read in general. Yeah. What's your high? Mine is that 
the blacklist is back. Um, <laughs> which we always joke that you and I are the only two people that watch this show. And my friend's husband, Mike. It's a that's three of actually, us. It's actually not just the three of us because I put it on my Instagram story that like you and I were the only ones that watch. And I probably got maybe 50 DMs from people being like, I watch. I still love it. And I was like, great. We're keeping our show in business. But 50 so, out of 120,000 isn't that many people watching it. I don't know that they're thriving. I mean, not everyone DMs. Okay. So these are just people who DMed. Um, I was impressed. There was a lot of DMs about the blacklist. So people are watching it. We're I'm, not the only ones. I haven't watched the newest episode. I'm saving it and I'm very excited. It's great. It's a great episode. Um, I'm just happy to have it back. It feels very comforting to have Raymond Reddington back in my life again. I'm glad Raymond Reddington came through in your time of need. Yeah. Yeah. What about lows? Um, My low is just that it's been raining on and off this week in New York, and the rain has been seriously messing with me. Like, for better or for worse, I have tied my mental health to walks. And so (laughs) on the days when it's raining. I am a mess. So Ugh. it's been raining. There's rain in the forecast. Ugh. Yeah. Today, today it didn't rain. And I went on a really, really long walk with Jessica Simpson, meaning <laughs> her audiobook, not her, the person. Um, I just like, I'm like wandering around Williamsburg listening to Jessica Simpson. And it's like the high point of my day. The audiobook is great. I'm gonna listen to more of it when we get off the when we get off of recording. It's so I'm like good. when we got off the phone. It feels like this is a phone conversation. It's so good. If I was on the phone with you, I would be recommending Jessica Simpson's audiobook. I keep trying yeah. to get all of my friends to read it and nobody's interested. I'm about five hours in and I'm really enjoying it. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Wait, what's your low? Oh my God. So first of all, there's a fly infestation in my bathroom. Like what happened was I have this like it's a combination unit. It's um a light bulb, a light with a fan. And one day I looked in my bathtub and the bathtub was full of dead flies, like little Ooh. tiny ones. And I was like, this is pretty gross. So I cleaned it out. And then it happened again the next day. And then the super came and he checked it out and he cleaned it out. But then yesterday it was more of the same, more dead flies. And I took a bath last night. Grace, and like, why did you do that? Because I felt sick and I wanted a bath. Um, well, six flies came into the tub with me. I counted them and killed them all. I mean, so I don't know how they got into my bathroom. It's only in the bathroom. It's so weird. But they're little flies. Yeah, little ones. Six in a bath, I don't feel like is that bad. I thought it was going to be grosser than that when you started to tell the story. No, it's not like unlivable gross, but I have to figure out a solution. And I have to figure it out on my own because I can't have anyone come in my apartment, which leads me to the next thing, um, which I haven't said on Instagram because everyone on Instagram likes to be a doctor and I'm scared, um, but there's not really anything I can do. I, um, I haven't been able to smell for five days. I have no fever. I have no cough. I do have a sore throat. I've felt like I have really bad allergies for like a week and a half, I want to say. Like my nose is just very stuffy. Last time we recorded, I couldn't stop sneezing. Um, so I don't think I have coronavirus. If I do, it's um asymptomatic, but I um I'm a little scared. It's weird that I like cannot smell a single thing. I have taste. 
So I don't know. So that's I've good been, because I feel like taste is a big smell is a big part of taste. Yes. So I don't know. Please don't DM me because I'm already having enough anxiety about this. Like people just love to DM you. Like once I had a stomach ache and they're like, you know, that's one of the signs of coronavirus. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like I don't need 20 doctors like telling me this. So I'm just saying it's a low. I've lost my sense of smell. Maybe I have coronavirus. I've been self-quarantined for almost two weeks now. So there's nothing I can do except hope it doesn't get worse. That sucks. I feel like I know a lot of people who are, I I don't know, like I feel like allergy season is just like not the right time for for this because I feel like I know so many people who are like, ooh, like this just started, but it's also allergy season. So they're like, I don't really know what's going on. Yeah. It's like, is it allergies? Is it coronavirus? We'll never know. I have a neti pot and I've been taking Zyrtec. And again, I have no fever. I have no cough, like none of the really bad things. So I'm just quarantining and hoping it gets better. Yeah. I'm going to take a nap after we record and listen to Jessica. Okay. Yeah. So getting into our episode. So originally, so it's our two-year podcasting anniversary. And originally, I wanted this to be like a very big self-congratulatory reflection episode. But then that felt tone deaf. So we're not doing that. Just a little. But... I just wanted people to know that it's our two-year podcasting anniversary. And we're really proud of ourselves. Yeah, we are. Um, But also, if you want to help us, speaking of tone deaf, you can leave us a review to say happy two years, Becca and Grace, because we (laughs) – I think I'm loopy. Um, We'd really appreciate a review. And also, we're losing advertisers left and right, which makes sense because – of the economy and things, but we would just love it if you could at least help us with some reviews. Yeah, give us something good. Yeah. We were we were talking to our editor. She's like, I have extra time in case you want to do bonus episodes. And we were like, well, our advertisers are dropping like flies. But we were like, we're still going to record as normal because, I mean, well, one, this isn't our main income, but two, like we're bored of shit. Yeah. So we're still recording. We're going to have new episodes for you every week. We might be losing money at this point, but it's okay. That's fine. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Would I would pay for a distraction. <laughs> I'm saving money in other aspects of my life, I feel like, so because I'm yeah. not leaving my apartment. Exactly. So, yeah. So Grace did the outline for this and put together all of these categories of different distractions. So we're going to go through and talk about what's distracting us or if we have recommendations that we think might help to distract you. Yes, that's what we have. So I think the first thing we wanted to talk about was reading. So obviously, the heritage of this podcast is reading. We talk about books every week. Um, I know that Becca and I both said reading's been a little bit tricky right now. Um, I think that warm, fuzzy books are kind of the way to go. Um, For me right now, I'm reading, I just finished reading The Authenticity Project, which Becca read as well. I did Um, a while ago, though. I would say the first 90% of it is perfect. I did not love the ending, but it's a great... I found it to be a really great warm and fuzzy thing. I would agree with you on that. Um, and then I um, we're both listening to the Jessica Simpson audiobook. And it is so good. Can we stop and talk about it for a minute? Yeah, there's so much celebrity tea. There like, is. All, like, oh my god, when she talks about just like how her and Justin Timberlake met up and they kissed and like then he Don't had spoil sex it. Sorry. 
that's like a small little thing that happens. She's like, I mean, first of all, she's like ready to dish. I'm only, she's just getting divorced from Nick Lachey where I am in the book, but um, she is ready to talk about all of her relationships. I've heard the John Mayer part is really juicy. Oh, I can't wait. So you're way ahead of me. She's just like, but she just came like the book opens, I think like it's gotten a lot of press for being about her having an alcohol abuse problem. And so she talks about that right up front. Like she is very much like, here's all my shit. I'm I'm going to put it on the table, which I really yeah. respect. I I mean, I could take her or leave her. I, I watched The Newlyweds when I was a teenager. So I like have, a, I guess, a fondness for her in that. But like I – I, I'm not like a huge Jessica Simpson fan to the point where I would want to read her celebrity memoir. Yeah, it was like all over my Instagram stories, like every, especially the bloggers, like every fashion blogger was talking about it in their stories. And I kind of was like, oh, I'm above this. I'm not going to watch too. it. And what sold me on it was Kate Kennedy. She was talking about how much celebrity dirt was in there. And I was like, oh, I need to read it. <laughs> I, I don't even know what my tipping point was. I think it was, oh, it was actually just that last week I wasn't able to read and I was like, maybe I could get into an audiobook. And yeah. she narrates the audiobook, which is really interesting because she gets really emotional at some points in it. It's yeah. really good. I'm like shocked how much I like it. I, I also know. keep recommending it to people and everyone in my life thinks I'm nuts. Yeah. I think that you and I are like perfect examples of two people who we don't care about Jessica Simpson generally. I don't care about pop culture. So it's weird that we both are enjoying this so much. But I think it's also like a good throwback because all of those people like um, Nick Lachey and Jessica and Justin Timberlake and Ryan Gosling and Britney Spears and all that. That was like my my like early college and high school years. And like so I'm getting all this nostalgia listening to it. Yeah, it's a good nostalgia. And it's also I'm just it's like rubbernecking. Like I'm just excited to see behind the curtain of what was going on with her marriage and her relationships, et cetera. Uh-huh. Agree. It is really good. It's really good. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just wanted to gush about no. Jessica Simpson's audiobook, which is a sentence I didn't think I'd ever say. Um, so the other book that I'm reading is called All the Pretty Things. And it's fine. It's like a young adult thriller. There's a murder. And it takes place at an amusement park. That's about oh. all I know so far. So I, I like the amusement park angle. It's very light. Um, but I don't, I'm still not sure how I feel about YA thrillers. I think I prefer adult thrillers. Yeah, because they need to be, they need to have a husband or wife to murder. Yes, exactly. Teens don't have a spouse to murder. Yes. So I don't know. I'm medium on it. Yeah. But I'm reading it anyway. Yeah. But really, it's all about Jessica Simpson. It really is. That's bringing me so much joy. Yeah. What are you reading right now? I read The Jet Setters, which is Reese Witherspoon's book club pick for March, I think. Is it it good? It was awful. It was shockingly bad. I saw that in the Facebook group. People were talking about how bad it is. It was shockingly bad. It um, it, It was an unlikable people book. It was a book about a family and about like a matriarch who's in her 70s and then her uh, three adult children. And everyone in it was so deeply unlikable. Oh. Which sometimes is interesting. But I was like, wow, I hate everyone in this book. And it interesting. was interesting. It was really shocking that it was Reese's book pick because I feel like Reese usually picks, first of all, happier books. 
or books that's good taste. I usually she does trust her. or books she's like planning to develop into something, and I'm like, oh god, please don't develop this into anything. Like this would be a terrible movie or TV show. Oh, it was really bad. It was like it kind of reminded me of. Did you read the people we hate at the wedding? No, I feel like that was a popular book a few years ago, and it was the same thing where it was like a family, a, a deeply dislikable family where. He, you were like, oh, like I could kind of see how this would be entertaining, but I'm just too busy hating everyone. Oh. So I read that in one day. I read it on Sunday and I started it and I, you know, I can't DNF a book, but I was like, I'm just going to finish this. I, I, I also kind of thought that everyone would become redeemed at some point. Yeah. They didn't. Um, But I brute forced my way through that on Sunday and I feel like that really like lifted my reading block just okay. from having the exercise of sitting down and needing to focus on a book. So yeah. then after that, I was like, okay, that didn't scratch my itch. So then the, I was like, I'm going to read British Chicklet because that's that's my game. Yeah. So I had this book that a listener had recommended to me that she said was her favorite British Chicklet book, and I'd never heard of it. So I, I bought it a, a while ago, and it's been sitting in my TBR pile. And so I pulled it out, and it's called Just a Girl Standing in Front of a Boy. Okay. And it's from, I think it's from like 2013. It was medium. I just finished it. It was, it was cute and it was cozy and I, I liked it, but I didn't love it. Yeah. But I feel like that's the genre of stuff I want, like things that are happier and things that are lighter. So yeah, yeah, I feel like I'm getting, I'm going in the right direction. I'll tell you what I'm going to read next in our reading section. And yeah. I think that I need light or like a really off the rails murder, like a verity. Well, so we also put together recommendations because, I mean, I'm coming in hot with two books that I'm like, eh, I probably don't read these. But I have lots of other books that I think would be great for this time. Yes, so do I. So guys, grab a notepad or we'll link these in the show notes. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So the one thing that I will say I have new recommendations too, but for the love of God, if you have not read The Idea of You, this is the prime time for The Idea of You. I'm truly jealous of anyone who hasn't read The Idea of You because you get to read it now. Yeah. It's the perfect escape. It's the perfect escape. Oh, man. I am. I mean, read that. I, I know I say that on this podcast basically every week, but I'm telling you, that's what your pandemic needs. You do. You need it. Okay. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, I have, I do have more racks. Okay. So the first thing is that I think this would be the perfect time to get like really, really deep in a series. Like just get totally addicted to something. Don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I was thinking about taking this recommendation that you have. Oh, great. I have a bunch. I'm not sure that I will. I have a bunch, but I think, okay. So do you remember how addicted I was to the Sarah J. Moss books? Yes. Like I couldn't function. I was in such a deep, dark hole for like a month reading these books. And these books are long. So her first series is Throne of Glass. And I believe there's seven books and then a novella that I did not read. So that would be very good to get into. It's like, it's not dystopian future. It's like dystopian um, fantasy. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's what I'd categorize it as. And then her second series is A Court of Thorns and Roses. Both of them are 
equally good. A Court of Thorns and Roses has fewer books. It's only three books. So if maybe you're not like looking for a deep commitment, but I think getting sucked into a series would be, this would be the perfect time. I'm actually hoping that somebody can recommend to me a series that I haven't read before because I would love to get sucked into a series right now. And then three other series that I thought would be very good for now that are like lighter than Sarah J. Moss. So you've never read this and I'm mad at you for this. The Conspiracy of Us series, which I would describe as teens in the Illuminati solving. Yeah, I started reading it and I didn't like it. I loved it. I loved it. So that series I think would be really good. It's YA. It's three books. It's like teens gallivanting around Europe. It's like the teen Da Vinci Code, basically. I don't understand why I didn't like it. Maybe I'll – I'm going to see if it's. I still have it on my shelf. And if I do, I will read it. You do because every time I see it, it makes me angry that you haven't read it. I've, I feel like I've remarked on it many times. Oh, my God. So much bitterness, Becca. It, I, it's just so good. And it's something that I think you would like. Yeah, it sounds like something I would like. I don't know. I I started it and I was like, this sucks. And I put <sighs> it down. Um, And then did you read the Kronos File series? No. Oh, so that's another one that I think would be really good right now. I think there's three books in that series too. It's a it's another YA series. And it's about time travel. And um, they're like, you know, bebop into the past. They're in the, they're in the future. Like there's multiple timelines. I, I can't exactly remember, but I remember loving that series. So I thought that one would be really good. And then the reason that we started this podcast is because of the selection, which was such a deep, dark hole. You guys read the selection. Just go online, order the box set. Thank us later. Like, don't you feel like we have a lot of new listeners who probably haven't been here for the selection? Yeah, they probably don't know. And I don't know. Go order this and the idea of you. Yeah, the selection is basically... The Bachelor for Teens in a Dystopian Future. Yeah, The Bachelor meets Hunger Games. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It also has a royal element. Like, what is not to like? It is like all of my favorite plot elements smashed into one book. Yes. So smart. So, yeah, if you have a series recommendation that I haven't mentioned on the podcast that you think I would enjoy, I am all ears. I'm ready to be engrossed in something. Then I think where I'm going next in my reading journey is British rom-coms. Like, it's really just nice to read a book that you know is going to have a happy ending. I don't know why British rom-coms are so much better for me than American ones. I'll I'll tell you four of my favorites that I think would be great right now. But I also have um, in my Amazon shop, I have like all of my British chiclet recs because people keep asking me. So, okay. First one, my favorite one of all time is Who's That Girl by Vari McFarlane. It's really good. It's about a woman who kind of like messes up her whole life and moves home to live with her dad and then is ghostwriting a celebrity memoir of like kind of like a Kit Harington in Game of Thrones type. And they have a romance. It's really good. I haven't read that one yet. Oh, it's wonderful. The other one I was thinking is My Not-So-Perfect Life by Sophie Kinsella. Have you read that one? Nope. Oh. she's. I, I mean, she wrote, the Shopaholic I, book. Yeah, I was just going to say it's a it's the Shopaholic author, but it's a standalone book. Yeah. Nope. That one's a delight. You read Our Stop recently. Mm-hmm. That one's a delight. It's about missed connections on the London tube, and it's like very cute and – Very cute. Schmaltzy and fast. And then – 
you didn't like this one as much as I did, but I recently read Would Like to Meet by Rachel I didn't Winters. hate it. I thought it was so funny. It was so cute. It's like about a girl who works in um, for an agency that represents screenwriters and the screenwriter she's representing is writing a um, rom-com, but he doesn't believe in them. So she's acting out all the rom-com plot lines to try to get him to win a bet, basically. I know that's the point, but for me, I liked this one. I didn't hate it. I just felt like it was every cliche and every trope that there ever could be packed into one book. So it was a little irritating at times. Oh, I thought I liked that. I thought it was funny. I know. And I know that was the whole point of the book. Yeah. The other category that I think could be this could be the time for is schmaltzy teen romance, mm -hmm. like high school romance. Like this is not my genre, but I will let you I will let you live your best life. It is not your genre. But like, don't you think that teens falling in love, this would be the time for it? No, you're like teens getting murdered. That's what this is the time for. We'll, we'll go through my list. You, This is your moment, Becca. Okay. So if you are wanting to go down the schmaltzy teen romance side, I would – a few of my favorites have been – so Rebecca Searle, who wrote In Five Years, used to write YA, and she has this series called Famous in Love, which was a very short-lived CW or ABC family show. The books are great. The books are great. I, I loved these. Yeah. So loved that. To All the Boys I lo I've Loved Before by Jenny Han. I think those would be great right now. Um, I mean, I loved the movies. I feel like this would also be prime time for the movies, but go for the books. And then um, I really enjoyed this. These are a little older, but Anna and the French Kiss series. I think there's three books, and it's about these teens at a French boarding school. English boarding school? Some kind of boarding school. Um, and they're very cute. Or also, I think you and I both liked this one. Um, Royals by Rachel Hawkins. Yeah, that one was really cute. I thought that one was so cute. It, it's about a girl whose older sister is marrying the crown prince of Scotland, and she goes and stays with them for the summer and falls in with this crowd of, like, teen rabble-rousers. Yeah, it was really cute. Yeah, so I think, like, I'm going for very happy and upbeat or series-type books. I feel like that's what is called for in this time. I love a series. I have a few series on my list, too. Okay. Tell me but, what your list is. So Rebecca wants upbeat and happy. I want like – I want a off-the-rails thriller. Like I want it to be super fucked up. Like so, you want to be grateful that you're not being murdered. Yeah. No, what I want is to be so distracted by a mystery or a plot that I can't think of anything else. So – Mine are any of the Greer Hendricks and Sarah Pekinen books. I love The Wife Between Us. I loved An Anonymous Girl. And then the more more recent one that we've talked about plenty over here is You Are Not Alone, which you liked You Are Not Alone. I did, yeah. So I want like a fun, easy thriller you can blow through, something that is just going to completely distract you and take your mind off things. I also loved Verity. We did a whole book club around Verity. That just that book, I ha it had me thinking for like weeks afterwards. I feel like Verity is one of the things that just keeps popping up in the Facebook group. Like once a month, somebody will write a post and they're like, I just read Verity. I can't believe how fucked up this book is. I loved it. Well, you know what happens is I, I still get DMs and I'm like, go to the Facebook group. Lots of opinions over there. And I feel like there's a new thread like every month because like people just need to talk to someone when they finish. 
when I went, when I first read it, I had to go out and I got drunk afterwards and like made out with somebody who I shouldn't have made out with. This book makes you do weird things, but because you're quarantined, you can't do any of that. So now's the time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What else do you have for us? You won't be able to make bad decisions from this book. Um, Also on the fucked up list, I love any of the Riley Sager thrillers. So the last time I lied was a good one. Really any of his books. Is that the summer camp one? Yes. Okay. Okay. Love his books. Okay. So then we're going to switch genres a little bit. Matchmaking for Beginners. This is a book that I recommend anyone going through a time where they're sad or need cheering up. This book is one of Becca and my favorite books. It's magically written. It's just so sweet and so heartwarming. And we loved it. And it also just, I don't like it makes you believe in fate and love and it has like a ragtag bunch of weirdos. Oh, it's so wonderful. Yeah, it's great. So I would say that. Anything Christina Lauren writes, especially love in other words. Oh, this would be a great time for Christina Lauren. She her new book came out. Her their their new book came out last week, The Honey Don't List. Yes. And we both loved that one as well. That was one of my favorite ones. That's just such a fun premise. It's it's about basically if Chip and Joanna Gaines, like a TV home renovation couple, um, were basically on the brink of divorce and then they their two assistants were like duking it out for them but then started having sex. Yes. It's so, so good. It's so good. But any of their books are great. But Love in Other Words is my favorite. Um for something really sweet and cute, I love and this is also a series. I loved Christy Woodson Harvey's Peachtree Bluff series. There's three of them. They're set in the South. Um, there's three daughters. So each book is dedicated to a different daughter and they're like family life and dramas. But it's so heartwarming and so good. Christy's um, the best. We love Christy. She's, she was a guest at our Atlanta show and she's like one of my favorite authors, but also just really cool. Agree. Um, the next series is the Thousandth Floor series, which is one of my favorites. Also would recommend American Royals. All of these are by Catherine McGee. She's another one of our favorites. We've done a book club episode about the Thousandth Floor. It's just wonderful. It's like Gossip Girl in the future. I I can't recommend it enough. The only thing I would say is if you are distracted, there are a lot of characters in the beginning. So it is like it takes a little while to like figure out who's who. But once you do, you get so attached to all of the characters it it won't be a problem oh it's such a good book and the last one which i thought was going to be on your list and i added it to mine no the paper princess series guys it's something which i can't decide whether i recommend or not it it sucked me in for sure and yeah like guilty pleasure go for it during this time but it's trash it's hot trash it's hot trash so this girl is like a stripper from the wrong side of the tracks and then she it's just like she gets basically like adopted by her dad's friend who um <laughs> who has three hot boys and then she starts having sex with one of them it's crazy but it's fun they're also all teenagers yeah it's wild it is like a sexy book that you're reading and you're like i know i shouldn't be reading this like this feels weird she's a teenager she's a teenage stripper and like this can't be good but you're like yeah i don't know what order the next one i'm like i'm just gonna keep going 
Oh, yeah. 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 So it's hot trash, but it's great. Yeah. Well, let's take a quick sponsor break. So speaking of book recs, today's episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. So Book of the Month is a monthly book subscription that sends you your choice of new and early release books right to your door. So here's how it works. Every month they have five book picks. One thing that's really cool is that oftentimes they'll have early releases so you can get books a few months before they're released to the general public. So what you do is you pick the book you want and they'll send it to you. If you don't find anything you want that month, you can um, you can use your credit on a previous pick or you can skip a month as many times as you want. So there's no commitment and it's really hassle-free. So they just released their picks for April, and I actually had only heard of one of them before. And I will tell you, I discover so many new-to-me books through Book of the Month. So I ended up picking a book called The Paris Hours. It's a historical fiction book that follows four people over a single day in 1927, and each of them are searching for something that they lost. It isn't my norm, but I thought it sounded really good based on the description. Grace, what did you pick? So I almost picked The Paris Hours, but I ended up choosing The Guest List. So what really got me and drew me in was the first sentence in Goodreads in the description. And what it says is, A wedding celebration turns dark and deadly in this deliciously wicked and atmospheric thriller reminiscent of of Agatha Christie from the author of The Hunting Party. So I love a good Agatha Christie-style mystery. I like the idea of a murder at a wedding. Yeah, that's a that's a concept I haven't heard before. Yeah. So I love that Book of the Month puts an emphasis on new and under-the-radar authors, and I really trust their curation. And I oftentimes, like this month, will pick up something outside of my comfort zone just because they recommended it. Yeah. So I've been a member for three years now, a little over that, and I can't recommend it enough. Book of the Month is totally commitment-free. You can skip any month you want as many times as you want. And it's just such a good way to discover the next big book. Um, and guys, we have an offer for you, like always. But head to bookofthemonth.com, use our code BOP10, and get your first book for $10. These are beautiful hardcover books for just $10. So again, that's bookofthemonth.com with code BOP10 to get your first book for just $10. Yeah, you can definitely find some quarantine reading there. Yes. So let's move on. Let's talk about what we're listening to besides our dear friend, Jessica. Oh, you mean podcasts? Yeah. So I have – so it's interesting. So our podcast listenership is definitely down. I think people not having a commute are not listening to as many podcasts. And I think I would be listening to podcasts on my walk if it weren't for Jessica Simpson. So maybe she's also taken a bite out of the market. Um, But I've been listening to a lot of podcasts while I'm cooking dinner because I feel like I cook every night now and it's like a whole thing. So anyway, I I have been listening to some of my favorite podcasts, but I haven't really tried anything new. But two of my newer podcasts that I've I've mentioned here, but worth mentioning again, that I'm enjoying because they were new to me discoveries. So the Financial Confessions, I'm obsessed with. I think I mentioned it a couple of months ago. I'm so deep on this podcast. I've listened to every episode. I especially like the ones where some of them are more advice-based about like, buying a home or things like that. But sometimes they have on guests to talk about their personal finances. And it is so interesting and voyeuristic. Like Ingrid Nelson came on, um, who's like a YouTube person. And she like she flat out shared her salary. Like it, it's so interesting. And it's so interesting to think about how how other people view money 
I'm really into this podcast. I need to listen to that one. I really like it. And then the other one that I'm really enjoying right now is Everything is Fine, which is Kim France's new podcast. And Kim France was the founding editor at Lucky Magazine, which was very pivotal to me as a teenager. Yes, love her. Love that. Loves that magazine so much. And the podcast is about women in their 40s, which I or over 40, which I am not, but for some reason I still really love this podcast and I it's just like a fresh perspective and I I like hearing from her. What about you? Have you what's your podcast time like? I haven't been listening to many podcasts. I've been this really watching a lot of TV and movies and I'm not really going anywhere especially since I haven't been feeling well. But um I would say I've listened to Girls Gotta Eat, which has been fun. You know I love them. Of course. Um, and G Things I Bought It is great. I've been listening to that one. Otherwise, it's mostly just like quality time with Jessica. Yeah. I like that she's now our friend, that we don't refer to her first yeah. and last name. She's just Jessica. I think maybe I'll just call her Jess. Yeah. J-S. Yeah, yeah Jess. Um, so you said you've been spending a lot of time watching TV. What are you watching? Ugh. So I've been rewatching Gossip Girl. Grace, which that is such a good decision. I was rewatching Sex in the City and I switched to Gossip Girl. Sometimes I alternate between the two of them. But um it's obviously great. It's very very fun. Just like looking at the fashion, it's an escape. What season are you on? I am on um season 2. So I really just started watching it yesterday. Oh, it's so good. Did you also see that they there's going to be a Gossip Girl reboot and they released the cast? Um, no, but I I I saw that but I haven't seen the cast. It's different people. It's not Serena and Blair, so it's different characters, but I think it's the same premise. Okay. I am very excited for the new one, but I also think rewatching Gossip Girl. I think that's one of my comfort shows. It's a comfort show for sure. Um, also watching The Blacklist, Little Fires Everywhere is great. Um, a lot of my audience told me to watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. No. And I can't get into it. I'm not really like a sitcom humor person. Um, I am, one- but I didn't like that one either. Oh, funny. Like, I just felt like the humor fell flat for me. And I love Andy Samberg. Me too. Like, it was just like a little too absurdist humor, maybe. Yeah, it's just not my sense of humor, so wasn't into it. But um, I am really excited. A show that's coming out this weekend is Amazon's Making the Cut. What's that? And it's with Tim Gunn and Heidi <gasps> Klum, and it's a fashion competition show. So it's basically like Project Runway reboot without the same name. Yes, yes. and the winner of whoever wins the show gets a million dollars. Oh, man. A million dollars. And a collection with Amazon. Did you watch the um, Tan France one on Netflix? No. I haven't watched that either. That's on my list of maybes. I've okay. heard it's really, really good. I've heard it's it's similar to Project Runway, but the people who are on the show are more legitimate. Like they are, you know, like second in commands at major design houses or, you know, people who have like real experience aren't just like fresh out of school or somebody who's just designing clothes in their apartment. Yeah. This one has a really legit cast of judges, like jo- um, Joseph Aquazara is one, um, Kareen Rotfield is one, Naomi Campbell. So it's like all-star like judges. That might be – I might get into the Tan France one this week and then switch to that this weekend. Fashion competition could be could be good. Yeah. I feel like it's, a, it's very escapist. Yeah. And it's like light enough that you 
you know, you're yeah. not stressed about it. Oh, you know what the other show that everyone keeps telling me to watch is the Great British Baking Show? Everyone says that. And I also see memes about it where it's like it's not just for people who are really into baking because I hate baking, but it nothing about the premise appeals to me. Same. Everyone says that it's really soothing because I guess since they're British, they're like really nice to each other and like really supportive and like Mm -hmm. even though it's a competition, I don't know. I just it doesn't appeal to me, but everyone says I like it. Same. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. What about you? you? Oh, so my binge so far was your recommendation. So I watched the morning show. I watched all of it. Wait, how did you feel about the end? Um, it was. I really liked it. I mean, I liked the whole show. It was definitely not what I expected. For some reason, I thought it was more of like a happy sitcommy show. Oh no! I don't know why. Like just from everything I seen about it. Yeah. Well, the logo, everything is like yeah. bright yellow. So yeah. I thought it was going to be a much happier show than it was. And it's it's kind of about like a fictionalized version of Matt Lauer mm-hmm. um, and like the sexual abuse allegations at um, against him. And um, yeah, so it was much more serious and intense than I thought, but I loved it. I was super sucked into it. And I thought, I mean, obviously Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston were great, but also Steve Carell was so great in it. Yeah. I watched the finale twice because it made me cry so hard that I had to watch it again. I didn't cry during it. I sobbed. <laughs> but I, the whole thing, it was so good. So good. I'm so glad you watched it. I watched it all in like three days. Maybe not three, maybe like four. But I that was a great distraction. I, I'm mad that there's not more seasons of it, so I can't really sink my teeth into it. But yeah. yeah. I've also been watching Little, Little Fires Everywhere. I have to watch the fourth episode tonight. And then I'm trying to figure out what my true quarantine binge watch is. So I was talking to Alex and she was like, you should watch The Wire. And I was like, I don't I don't think that that's what I'm in the mood for. Yeah, I'm not in the mood for that. Even though I haven't seen it and everyone says it's great and I, I trust them. But yeah, I'm like, I don't think that's it. My my friend Maxie was very much a proponent of Grey's Anatomy, and I was thinking about that, but then I was like, will that give me medical anxiety? Also, I don't know that – I feel like I cried every episode of Grey's Anatomy when I was watching it. I don't know if I can handle that much crying. I was yeah. also thinking Gossip Girl or – Highly recommend. Have you watched The West Wing? Yes. Love The West Wing. I feel like yep. this this is the time for The West Wing. I feel like The West Wing would feel like a warm – hug like all i want is um wait what's his name martin sheen yeah jed bartlett yeah all i want is jed bartlett oh yeah i was thinking about that too i i watched it i don't know when the most recent time i watched it was but it wasn't super recently so that's in the running i i don't know what i want i the other night i was trying to figure out what to watch and i just surfed for 45 minutes through Netflix and then I went to Amazon and then I went to Hulu and I couldn't pick anything. Like I just felt decision paralysis. I've been doing that a lot as well. You know, the other thing though that I think would be good that you and I both watched, if you haven't watched it, I feel like Virgin River would be really good during this time. I was just telling my sister that she needed to watch that. Um, 
It's just so soothing. Well, it's kind of wholesome. It kind of feels like something that would be on the Hallmark Channel or, or Lifetime a little bit. It's 1,000% a Hallmark movie in TV show form. Right. So I feel like in that way, it would be very cozy and soothing to watch right now. Absolutely. I. It was a show that I was watching. I was background watching it while I was knitting. And for the first couple of episodes, I was like, I don't think I like this. But then they would keep playing and I was knitting. So I was like, oh, I guess I'll watch it. And then I was like, wow, I am really sucked into this. And I don't know when that happened. Yeah, that's exactly what my experience was like. Didn't you stay up super late watching it? I sure did. That's your move. Yeah. I mean, my favorite thing is to stay up super late with a TV show or or like a bunch of movies. Well, what movies are you watching? Um, so I've been on a total Nancy my so I've been on a total Nancy Myers marathon. So anytime that I'm doing that thing that you were just talking about going through like your remote and like I like Netflix, nothing, Apple, nothing, Amazon, nothing. I just go onto IMDB and look up Nancy Myers movies. Um, and I'm never let down. So a few that I highly recommend are It's Complicated and Something's Gotta Give. Also loved Home Again. I have never um, seen Home Again. I think I'm going to watch – oh, Home Again is great. I own it. They um, It's one of those ones that Amazon always recommends to me, and I've never watched it. Oh, watch that when we finish. It's fantastic. I have a conference call when we finish. Okay. Well, watch it when you finish your call. Yeah. Um. Well, wait. So we watched It's Complicated a couple of – two weekends ago. And it Before was just – totally quarantined away from each other. It was just when quarantine was – starting and we were going to throw an it's complicated dinner party because at this one scene um Meryl Streep makes this dinner for her family and we were like that looks delicious and we were going to throw an it's complicated themed dinner party and I'm really mad that we didn't get to do that. I still want to at some point. Yeah, that would be fun. Oh, I feel like yeah, old people love is what the times call for. Yeah, I think that the next Nancy Myers I watch is going to be What Women Want. I didn't know that she did that. Yeah. Go through IMDb. Like, just watch everything that she's written. I will be curious. I do not know that What Women Want holds up super well. I don't think it does, but I think I'm going to watch it anyway. Okay, great. I applaud you. Um, I also highly recommend The Talented Mr. Ripley. Love that movie. I mean, just for, like, Italy and the fashion and, oh, just it's just a dream. I also watched Catch Me If You Can the other night. Um, and my last recommendation I haven't done yet, but it might be my weekend plan, is to watch to marathon the Harry Potter movies. Oh, or I've never reread the Harry Potter books. Yeah, I mean that's another option. So if I can't figure I, out a series, that could be delightful. Yeah, that could be really good. Or you could marathon Twilight. Oh yeah, I feel like the books I'd rather or the do movies. Harry Potter. Either one. Yeah. Ideas. Good ideas. Ideas. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? So the only movie I've watched since this whole thing started was I watched um, The Wedding Year on Amazon, which I really liked. I Uh, watched it because of you. You didn't like it as much, did did you? I I didn't, but I didn't hate it. It was – I thought it was so cute. It was um, Sarah Hyland from Modern Family, but she was like the love interest, like the – she was like fully an adult. And it's about her. It was weird seeing her as an adult. I know, I was like, right? You're, you're just a kid. I know. Uh, where are your parents, Sarah Highland? Where are the dumpies? And then, 
Um, it's about her and her boyfriend have like 11 weddings one summer and so they're like going to all of their friends' weddings. I think um, you liked it so much because you had so many weddings last year. Maybe. Maybe I just really identified with it. But I really liked it. Um, it was cute. So that's the only thing I've watched. But I will tell you what I did my top five always movies that I would want to watch over and over and over again that I will probably watch at some point during this, maybe this weekend. So the first one is The Wedding Date, which is probably one of my all-time favorite movies. You've seen The Wedding Date, right? I'm mixing it up with The Wedding Singer. What's The Wedding Date? With Deborah Messing, and she hires Dermot Mulroney, who's a male escort, to be her date to her sister's wedding. Oh, yes. I remember that one. Oh, I love that one. I love that movie. Um, Center Stage, which is apparently now on Netflix. I forced – I watched – I think I've watched Center Stage twice this year already, so – I mean, just going to keep going with it, but oh, never not good. I will say that I we did a dance movie marathon a couple of months ago when Rachel was staying with me, and I will say Center Stage really holds up. Save the Last Dance really does not hold up. Oh, interesting. I mean, it's great to watch because Carrie Washington's in it, so it's it's like really crazy to see. I think that was her first movie role. Oh, um, no way. She was like the teen mom, but um, yeah, overall, that movie does not hold up well. Okay. But center stage does. Then um, the American president, like one of my all-time favorite movies. I have very lowbrow taste in movies. Um, then Chalet Girl. Have you seen Chalet Girl? Yeah. I'm just confused how this made this onto your list. These are like comfort movies. They're like happy comfort movies. I love Chalet Girl. I have different comfort movies. I will defend that to the death. I think it was like a direct-to-DVD movie, which is shocking because it has such a good cast. I watched it with my ex-boyfriend like years and years ago, and we loved it, but I just don't know how this... Oh my God, I love Chalet Girl. I think it's just because it's such a random movie. I'm like, it's a movie that you watch and you forget about and here's Becca being like it's one of my top five no it's one of my top five comfort movies and it is a movie that I always recommend because I feel like people haven't seen it so it's like something that I always make people watch because they probably have not seen it and then they love it no it's very cute but it's it's like it's such a star-studded cast it's like um Felicity Jones Ed Westwick Chuck Bass is in it Yes. Oh, I forgot about that. That yeah. is a reason to watch. And then um, Brooke Shields and – is it Brooke Shields? I, I don't think so. I don't know. I don't remember I thought, I thought Brooke Shields I was the mom. In it. And Sophia Bush is in it. And um, that guy from – who's the dad in it? It's uh, Bill Nighy's in it. Like it's, it's such a good cast for a direct-to-DVD movie. Now you're making me want to watch Chalet Girl. I'm absolutely watching Chalet Girl this weekend. I love Chalet Girl. And then um, my other comfort movie is um, Friends with Kids. Yeah, Brooke Shields is the mom. Yeah, Brooke Shields is the mom. I'm on my IMDb app as we do this. Chalet Girl's great. It's an underappreciated movie. Okay. If my next PowerPoint party, I'm going to do my PowerPoint about Chalet Girl for sure. Um, And then Friends with Kids is one of my favorite movies with – Jennifer Westfelt and Adam Scott and John Hamm. I've never seen that one. Oh, I love that movie. It's um, 
there's so many it, Kristen Wiig is in it. It's like a very good cast, but basically the premise is that Jennifer Westfeld and Adam Scott are best friends and they decide they're single and they decide sh- that they're going to have a kid together as friends and um it's really great. Great. I'm going to have to um look into that one. So I guess these are going to be the comfort movies that I'm watching, which yeah. now that I've shared them, I realize that these are kind of arbitrary picks. I felt really certain of them when I was writing them down and I stand by them, but hey, yeah. this is who I am as a person. I mean, I'm just going through IMDb watching everything Nancy Myers has written, so it's my list isn't much better. I think that's fine. Yeah. But should we take a quick sponsor break? Please. So this episode is also brought to you by Sarah Flint. So if you've been listening for long or you read my blog, then you know how much I love this brand. Love. These are my favorite, favorite shoes. So they're gorgeous shoes that are made in Italy. The quality is incredible. But what makes them so special is how comfortable they are. So the insole has a special technology that makes them mold to your feet and they feel amazing. So I've also gotten hooked. I tried one pair and now I have four. So their pumps are just hands down the most comfortable heels that I own. And I lived in their perfect boot this winter. And I also just got a new pair of the perfect Emma pumps that I'm dying to wear once things get back to normal. Um, the perfect Emma is so, so pretty. But today, we're going to talk about their new Perfect Block Sandal. So these are brand new. They just launched last week. So these are basically the shoe that you need this summer for any event. Um, They'd be perfect for a wedding, whether you're a bride, a bridesmaid, or a guest. I personally think that the lower ones are casual enough that you could just wear them every day with like, you know, just like either jeans or like a cute little skirt. Yeah. So these would be, as we said, totally perfect for a wedding. They're not going to get stuck in the grass or cobblestones. And I just find that a block heel is a lot more supportive and comfortable if I'm going to be dancing or standing for a long time. And Sarah Flint heels are already pretty damn comfy, even the stilettos. But for the perfect block sandal, they come in three heel heights. So there's a 30 millimeter, 60 millimeter, and 90 millimeter. So anyone can wear them, whether you're looking for serious height or you want a small heel that basically feels like a flat. And they also come in four colors. It comes in black suede, nude, white, and gold. And all of them use their signature Italian leather. So I got the nude sandals with a 60 millimeter heel and I am blown away by how comfortable they are. So I feel like I could legitimately walk three or four miles in them. The insole hugs the arch of my foot. They feel like they, they honestly feel like orthopedic shoes, but they're beautiful. And when I wear them and I'm always walking around in them, I wear them to like every event, God events. I miss events. I never missed events before, but now I miss events. Um, I would wear them and I'd be like, these are the most comfortable stilettos. And and I mean, the block heel is even better than the, the stiletto. But no one ever believes me how comfortable they are until they try them because they're so pretty. They don't look like comfy shoes. And don't just take our word on the comfort. All of their shoes in the perfect collection use their perfect features, which includes an anatomical arch support, a wider toe box, an inset block heel, and six millimeters of memory foam cushioning. So we're really not kidding you when we tell you that these are the most comfortable shoes. Sarah Flint is the first place I look when I need a shoe for any occasion. Same. 
So we have an offer for you. You can take $50 off your first order on any shoe at sarahflint.com with code BOP50. So once again, go to sarahflint.com, S-A-R-A-H-F-L-I-N-T.com and use code BOP50 to get $50 off your first order. So you put this in here and you have a lot of answers and I am just being a trash person right now, but what have been your beauty treatment distractions? I mean, let's be clear. I'm a trash person too, but um, again, skincare is my therapy. It's how I stay sane. It's how I distract myself. Just having like a little treat to look forward at the end of the day is um, is like my little my little reward. Um, so the first thing that I did, and you say you're a trash person, but you influenced me on this is I did do the baby foot peel. I did it a little over a week ago and my feet are like in full peel, peel mode right now, which is great. So did you do the baby foot peel brand one? No, I linked it on my blog, the one that I did, but the one that I usually do was sold out. So I got another one that had a lot of review, had a lot of good reviews, um, it was just like a random one in Amazon. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did the Smile Foot Peel, which is from Face Shop. And I I just happened to have one because there's like never an ideal time to have the skin peeling off your feet for two weeks, except That's for now. That's the one I usually do. Um, yeah. But yeah, the one I get isn't on Amazon. It's They sell it at SoCo Glam online. And then I think I just got mine in person maybe at the Face Shop store. Yeah, that's what I had done. That that's the one I used to always do. I have a review of that one on my on my blog, but it was sold out, so I got this random one on Amazon, and it's it worked. So it's great. What else so have did, you been doing? I take a bath every night. I feel like it's just like a little ritual to signify that the day is over. Because I feel like the days are just kind of like bl- blending together. Um, so I'll pour a glass of wine or make some tea, and I'll just sit in the tub with a book for a little while. Um, I've been rotating between the Elemis milk bath, the Folane bath elixir, and then my beloved Suzanne Kaufman bath oil. Ooh, that sounds very nice. After the bath, I've been feeling very reckless because I have a jar of this and it's expensive. And I've just been like, you know what? It's quarantine. I am treating myself. So I have the um, Dr. Botter body cream, which is so luxurious. It just... It's really hydrating. It's really nice. Before, I used to use it like once a week. I've been using that every night. Ooh. Get on with your bad self. Yeah. The other thing I've been loving is the Ole Henriksen um, Fat. It's called P-H-A-T Fat Glow Facial. I have a review of it on my blog. I just... I put posted that I think last week, but it's so great for smoothing. Like It feels like a facial in a bottle and you just like rub it onto your skin when it's clean and dry. It turns from pink to white. And then 20 minutes later, just t- take it off with a warm, damp washcloth and your skin is so smooth. I will say that I am not necessarily a fan of the name of that product. It's The name is P-H-A-T for, because it has polyhydroxy acids. So that's the reason it's fat, P- fat with a P-H. Oh. Yeah, it's it's even still it either feels I don't know whether to feel like slightly offended or like it just also feels out of touch. I feel like fat like that's so fat was like a something that was like very 90s, early 2000s. I don't know. Very 90s. But when you understand that it's named for the polyhydroxy acids, I feel like it's it just is what they named it. Yeah, sure. Um, And then 
after I do that facial, I like to add put on a moisture mask. So my favorite moisture masks are the Sisley Black Rose Mask, Summer Fridays Jet Lag Mask, or the Clark's Botanicals Deep Moisture Mask. Also on the masking front, I love a Tatcha lip a lip mask, and I love the Tatcha one. Oh, you gave me one of these. I really like this. I I keep it next to my bed, and I've been doing it, putting it on before bed. It's so nice. Um, another kind of weird one has been waxing my legs with the flamingo wax strips. I was influenced by Katie Storino on this, and I got to tell you, it is so satisfying. Like it hurts not as much as you would think it hurts, and it just feels like really gratifying to pull all that hair out. I'm going in a different direction, and that I'm just not shaving my legs because well, why would I bother? But I support that for you. If you're not shaving, then your hair is probably the perfect length to wax. So just saying it'll be great. I'm probably not going to do that, but okay. To each their own during quarantine. The last one is what I'm still figuring out is what to do about manicures because I I do love getting manicures because I I don't know. I just like having my nails done. Um, I got what I was calling my quarantine manicure like two and a half weeks ago. I got a clear gel manicure. And it was great because it's clear, it's gel, so if it grows out, like, whatever. But I've got to get that off my nails and figure out what my next steps are. So I was thinking, Mary Orton, um, she has a blog called Memorandum, and she has a whole guide to at-home gel manicures. Oh, interesting. From taking them off to applying them to where to get all the equipment. And I was thinking of, like, treating myself to the equipment and just starting to do my own gel manicures at home. Um, that's a good idea. Yeah. Can you paint your nails? Like, do you have an e- a steady enough hand to do your non-dominant hand? I do. I'm actually great at it. I oh. worked when I worked for Sally Hansen. I was like painting my nails every day because we were always testing out new colors and products, and I got pretty good at it. Oh, when I saw this in here, when, and when you were saying this, I was like, oh, I thought it was because you weren't good at it, but yeah. No, I'm I'm pretty good at it. I just don't really like doing it. Okay. Um, it's like one of those things that I'm like, what what I my favorite thing to do in better times was to get have Glam Squad come and I would get a blowout and then have a manicurist do my nails while I got the blowout, which sounds like the most bougie thing ever, but it was great because I was I was I would just sit there and get both done at the same time. It was wonderful. I miss those days. Great. How about you? My list is much more minimal. So I've been doing the Olaplex hair mask more regularly. I'd kind of fallen out of it, um, but I do it once a week and I leave it on for 90 minutes. So that's been something I've been doing on the weekends. Um, I feel like I'll just come out of this with really healthy hair apparently. Um, I did the baby foot peel. I will say that it did not do as much as I wanted. And I think part of it is because I have really thick, disgusting heel calluses. So I've been thinking of buying one of those like Swiss cheese heel grater things on Amazon. Oh, I have a good one. I'll send you the link to mine. I, yeah, I, I feel guilty just ordering that, but I feel like during this time there will be something that I order on Amazon out of necessity and then I will just add this. So yeah, I might get into that. But I'm kind of just embracing being a slob. I will say I have not really been doing much skincare because morning and evening don't really mean much to me right now. So I'm kind of just going au naturel. 
I did do my hair and put on makeup yesterday to take a picture for Instagram. It did feel really good to to do my hair for no reason and just to like look human. So I endorse that. But um, I'm not beauty has not been my thing during this per se. I mean, let's be clear. I'm not putting on makeup and I'm not doing my hair. I just like to do like the skincare and like a good body cream and a um a bath because it makes me feel good. Oh, I'm not I, judging. I've definitely gone through times where like um I've really leaned into a beauty routine because I do think that something about having a beauty routine is also like a sense of control. So, yeah, I've definitely gone through like intense times in my life where I've been like very into beauty, but this is I'm feeling very anti even in terms of like skincare stuff not anti but just like not into it yeah but yeah another area where I'm wildly failing and I'm excited to hear yours is at home workouts I have realized I just I need the structure of having a class that is out of my house to actually motivate myself to work out I have not worked out this quarantine yet so I, I also don't feel compelled to. I'm kind of just walking 10,000 steps and I'm like, nah, good enough. I think that's fine. I was doing – I'm not working out at all right now because I'm not feeling well. But when I was feeling better, I was doing the Melissa Wood Health Workouts, um, which I love. I They're between like – she has like an eight-minute arm series. What she does is she has this nice little weekly calendar that she comes out with every Monday, I want to say. And it just gives you – links to all of the workouts. And then every Monday she also has a new workout. So there's things like one day you'll do abs and arms. One day you'll do like a full body thing. One day you'll do a yoga class. And I like that it's like prescriptive because otherwise I'll end up doing like all arms and abs and no legs or like Mm -hmm. we're all messed something up. It like takes the choice out of it. Yeah. I also love Skyting TV. Skyting is my local yoga studio that I love so much. They've also been doing these amazing live streams every day. So they have more info on their Instagram page, which is Skyting. So now all of you guys can take Skyting if you don't live in New York, which is kind of cool. And then our friend Alex is doing streaming Tracy Anderson. So I wanted to throw that in there as an option. Again, like I can't even imagine doing a dance workout right now. Um, But maybe when I feel better, I'll give that a try. Yeah, I keep meaning to do something and then I just don't want to. I see everyone on Instagram like, it's time for my workout, my at-home workout. And they're like, look at me. Not in a show off you way. I'm not like annoyed, but I'm just like, oh, that's not something I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What about other ways to cope? I mean, I will say that even though we are social distancing, I feel like my social calendar has been very full. Um, I've been doing a lot of group Zoom calls. I also feel like everyone in my life is just like checking in more, texting more, et cetera. Like I feel very connected to everyone. Like I feel like in some ways because everyone is experiencing this, it's bringing people together. Um, I mentioned last week I have my weekly Zoom call with my group text called Wind Down Wednesday. We had it last night. I'm actually kind of hungover right now because my Zoom call got out of control. Um, it's like a 10 person Zoom call. It was very fun. But the most fun thing, so I alluded to this last week, but it hadn't happened yet. On Saturday night, last Saturday night, we did my PowerPoint party and it was hilarious. It was so fun. A bunch of people have been asking me on Instagram to like reshare this stuff. And I'm 
I don't have it saved. Like I'm, I'm not frankly going to. However, um, go on TikTok and look up PowerPoint party and there's a bunch of like examples, but basically everyone just makes a PowerPoint about a topic of their choosing and then presents it. It was so funny, Grace. So my friend Lauren, hers was why peas are disgusting. And she took it like very seriously. There were like tons of pictures. It was so funny. So I think peas are the most disgusting. So this really piqued my interest. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was her that was her thesis as well. Very disgusting. Apparently, President Obama also does not like peas. So you're in good company. I learned that in her slide presentation. Uh, my friend Rachel did why Last Holiday is low-key the best Christmas movie of all time. Like somebody else did The Future is Now about how in all of like the in Saved by the Bell or in like old shows, whatever they talked about the future, it was it was now. So we're living in the future. Um, what else did people do? Oh, my friend Maxie did um why Grey's Anatomy should be your quarantine binge watch. And I do feel very convinced by it. So I'm I'm mulling that over. I did mine on iconic childhood fashion moments with all sorts of photos of like terrible things I wore as a child. Um it was so funny. I, I wanted I want to do it weekly and I don't think anyone else does. I would I do this like, not during quarantine. I would be up for that if I didn't have to make a PowerPoint. I hate making PowerPoints. Oh, I think it's fun and kind of relaxing. Oh, no. That's like not for me. Maybe I'll see I if could, I can rope Kate Kennedy into doing this. I feel like she would be super into it. Oh, yeah. I mean, Kate's whole live show is an amazing PowerPoint. I know. But when she was a guest on the podcast, we were talking about how much we wanted to do a drunk lecture. So maybe I can sell her on this and I can present her with why Chalet Girl is the most underrated movie of our times. You guys should do it and do an Instagram live together. Oh, that'd be fun. That would be fun. People keep wanting me to do mine on Instagram live. And I was like, "Uh, I don't really like because it's a personal topic. I'm like, "Eh, I don't really know. Yeah. No, I don't know. I, yeah. What have your other coping things? What have those been? Um, the family FaceTimes are out of control. I think my family FaceTimes me like twice a day. It's got, it's, it's great. I love seeing them, but it's, it can be a little bit, my sisters like to put, um, the FaceTime on and just let the kids run free. So it gets like kind of loud. Um, but I, I love seeing them talking to friends definitely helps. I've been doing a lot of just organizing things around the home. Like I'll just pick a drawer and I'll just sit and I'll organize it. Um, that's kind of what I'm doing. I feel like cooking too has been oh cooking absolutely has been like a very calming yes sense of control giving part of my day yeah I made my mom's meatballs my grandmother's meatballs the other night and um, I'm gonna put that recipe on my blog before this goes up because they are so good um, and easy and I've been like putting them in soup broths and mm. putting them over a salad it's it's they're wonderful I've never had your grandmother's meatballs but I recently made Julia Tertian's meatballs. She's the chef that did Gwyneth's first cookbook, and she has a recipe for turkey meatballs with a ricotta that are very good. Oh, yum. Is the ricotta actually in the meatball or is yes. it? Yes. Oh, yum. Yeah. So you don't use breadcrumbs because you use ricotta as like the binder. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, very good. Should we switch gears to obsessions? Yeah, let's do it. 
So my obsession this week is I have a few. I originally put down the um the Ole Henriksen facial and then um the flamingo wax strips because I'm obsessed with both of those. But also my other obsession is Gina Julian and she is Who's an artist. That? She makes the most co- the coolest like graphic rainbow paintings. Oh, and is she the one who did your new painting? Yes, she oh, just I'm obsessed made, with that. She just made me a painting. I've been a fan of hers for so long and she reached out via Instagram and was like, would you want to do like a trade where you, um, you know, I, I still have to photograph it cause I don't have access to a professional photographer right now. But, um, she made me the most beautiful rainbow painting. It's called, she calls it her op art paintings, O P A R T. And I absolutely love it. I love her Instagram. She's my Instagram obsession. So this is all blurring together but I think she's so talented and she usually waits to release her paintings like in one big batch but she was kind of like you know what fuck it so she's just been adding them to her site as she makes them and there's a ton of beautiful paintings on her website right now yeah I'm obsessed with the one that you got it's really cool yeah it's really cool I'll have to look at her on Instagram yeah what are you obsessed with um I'm obsessed with the morning show I will be honest that I haven't really bought anything like product wise since this happened. So I don't really have anything other than Jessica Simpson's audiobook and the morning show that I'm obsessed with. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. It's not really a time of shopping. Right. Yeah. Right. The, both of those things that I mentioned I bought ages ago and I'm just resurfacing them. Totally. Um, What about on Instagram? Oh, so I've been very deep in the New York Times cooking Instagram in general. And I've loved that for a long time. I think it was like my Instagram session a long time ago. But I started following um, Melissa Clark, who's one of the columnists for New York Times cooking. And her Instagram handle is Clark Bar. And um, I'm very much enjoying her cooking on Instagram stories and sharing like a lot of more like pantry-y meals. Cool. I feel like I'm... Not sick of the act of cooking, but I am slightly out of ideas after two weeks of home cooking. Yeah. What I've been sitting with my cookbooks. What I do is because I I order my food from either Fresh Direct or Instacart, and it generally takes about a week. Like usually like delivery slots aren't until at least a week. Like right now, my I ordered mine on Sunday or Monday and my delivery is coming Saturday. So something I like to do is I sit down with all my cookbooks and I like plan out two or three recipes and I order all the stuff to buy them and it gives me something to look forward to. Yeah, I might do that too. I'm, I might go through dining in and pull out some recipes that I'd like earmarked but have never made. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun thing and it feels like Christmas when the ingredients come and you get to cook them. Yeah. What, what's your Instagram obsession? So my Instagram obsession is Gina Julian, and her Instagram is just Gina underscore Julian, and Julian is spelled J-U-L-I-A-N. Um, and then, so her paintings are amazing. And I just would like all of the dance videos on Instagram to stop. I know people are bored, but I can't look, watch another one on my Instagram. I just would like them to stop. I gotta, I gotta come in here and and say. I like the dance videos. I think it's fun that we're all embracing our inner 90s pop diva. I think TikTok... We can disagree. I think TikTok dance videos are fun. And especially... Oh my God. Have you been seeing 
Um, it's not just the TikTok videos. Like, those are short. It's all of the people who are putting their dance workouts up there. Oh. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, another one? Really? Well, I was going to say that um, the Scala sisters, so Rachel Parcell and her two sisters, have been, I guess, doing TikTok videos. I don't follow them, so I only see if it, like, gets reshared. But um, they're very good dancers. They're really good dancers. I yeah. Love yeah. I'm like, more of this. Yeah. What about on the reading front? So we already shared what we're currently reading, but what are you reading next? So I'm still figuring out if I'm going to keep reading all the pretty things, but um, I want to read Big Summer by Jennifer Weiner. It's her newest book and it's it has a tie into Cape Cod, I guess. I got... Um, I had a galley and then I got sent the finished copy. And so I sent my mom the galley and she finished the galley today. And she said that she loved it. And she goes, you'll enjoy the Cape Cod connection as well as all the influencer roles. Ooh, I this is on my list too. I want to read this. So I think that's what's next for me. What about you? Um, So I am reading, I'm going to read um, Vari McFarlane's new book, If I Never Met You. I talked about it a couple weeks ago and I think that I had the um, the release date wrong, but it came out, um, last Tuesday. So I just ordered it and somehow Amazon, I had pre-ordered it and somehow Amazon messed up and sent me two copies. So if you would like one, you're welcome to it. But, um, I have it. Oh, you have it. Well, I'll give it to Alex then, but, um, that's going to be my next book. And then I kind of, I took my TBR pile and I kind of made a sub pile of books that I think that I would like to read during quarantine versus books that I'm like, not now. That's smart. I should do that. So I have like an edited list of books that I feel like are happy or um, light enough that I want to read them now. So yeah, but that's first on my list. I'm so excited. She's my favorite British chiclet author. So this could not have come at a better time for me. And if you need another book to read, read In Five Years. This is um, Rebecca Searle's new book and it's our April book pick. So I loved this book. I'm so excited to talk about it. I read it in one night. It's not very long, but it's very powerful. Agree. This book is – I was so sucked in by this book. I will give you a warning in case you are in a delicate place. It is a little bit sad. I bawled my eyes out. Um, But I I loved this book. Basically, the premise is this woman who just like has all of her shit together, um, very on top of things, has a dream – that it five years in the future, she wakes up and she's in a completely different apartment. She has a completely different boyfriend and her life just looks totally different. And then the story then follows what happens to her over those five years and like what comes to be. So good. It's wonderful. In the meantime, if you would like more of us, um, please come join us in our Facebook group. I feel like it's extra active during this time. Um, you can also find us on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast. And I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. And I'm on Instagram at, at Grace Atwood. And I blog every day at thestripe.com. Yay. See you next week. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.